Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Soul to Soul. Right here on 101.9 Chai FM. I'm your host, Rabbi Ari Kiedman. And for the next hour, and nearly every Thursday from 1 to 2 p.m., we are here on Soul to Soul. And for a change today, I'm not alone here in the studio. I am joined with a very special guest visiting from Eretz Yisrael, from the Holy Land of Israel, a illustrious person who's been on the show with us once before. Today's guest is Rabbi Benjamin Zilberstrom. He's visiting from Jerusalem. He is one of the rabbis, teachers, instructors at the Yeshiva Torah MS, Torah MS, the way I pronounce it, in Yerushalayim, as well as the founder and director of Heichel Menachem, which is an educational organization, a library, a lecture hall in Jerusalem. And I thought it would be great to have Rabbi Zilberstrom on the show with us today and talk to us a little bit about life in Israel during the difficult times, as we know, going on there today. And maybe he could talk to us a little bit about rabbinic life, maybe giving us some educational tips as he is an experienced educator for many, many years. And perhaps even to talk a little bit about uh, other matters, whatever those might be. Let's see how this goes. It's a very informal kind of farbrengen. And without further ado, welcome Rabbi Zilberstrom. It's a pleasure to have you here on Soul to Soul. How are you doing today, Rabbi Zilberstrom? It's been since I come the first time. And for me, it's a special excitement. I come to, to be here, to enjoy here, and to be with Rabbi Kilman, to see how the people hear everything with, with uh, the welcoming, the special welcoming, to the guest who's coming, let's make a good, special good feeling and give the strength to continue in the holy work what we do in Israel. The time now in Israel is not a secret, everyone around the world knows. Since October 7, start a new time. From one hand, many Many people, many soldiers, many Jewish people was killed. It's not an easy time. On the other hand, the sacrifice from the soldiers for the Jewish nation is unbelievable. It's so, they go with happen, they go with a simcha to the wall. They go with a simcha. It was 300 soldiers from the Golani. They told him, you were here a few months. Go to take a break. Go to take a break. They send him home. But the soldiers said, the prime minister, we don't want to go to, to take a break, a holiday. We won't go again to the wall. We want to win, to bring peace, for the old Jewish nation in Israel and all over the world. And the prime minister says, okay, if you want, go ahead. Go again to fighting, it's amazing. With happenings, the singing, they have the emune to believe in Hashem, to trust Hashem. 
that's hold the soldiers and hold all of us. Now on the point, we saw now the Achdus, the old Jewish nation before them was, he is thinking like this, and he thinks like this, everyone, yes, it was, it was mine. But now became much, much more close one to the other, helping. My wife is cooking every Thursday chalice for the soldiers. There's a whole group, organization out all of Israel to baking homemade, to give a good feeling. So my wife, she's painting, she make the chalice for the soldiers and she's painting for every soldier a card with flowers and say, thank you. And we know the soldiers took the card, put next to the heart. This makes such a special good feeling. So in Gaza, they have the fresh chalice from the homemade. It's a few thousand chalice every Friday. It's incredible, Rabbi Zilberstrom, that your wife, are you involved in the kitchen and the baking too? Yeah, I accompanied my wife, say a good word and help a little. What is the general matzav, uh, this, the condition, the situation of the Jews in Israel? We know that the soldiers are fighting. We unfortunately have lost too many besides for those who were massacred on October 7th on Shemini Atzeret and Khatara. And since then, and we've lost many soldiers, but the general matzav, are people still supporting this battle to realize that we need an ultimate victory? Or is, how's the, what's the condition? What's the feeling on the ground, at least in Yerushalayim where you live? The feeling is, so not like this, the first moment, the first moment was much more excited. And people, uh, let's say, um, so was uh, in a restaurant, it's come a soldier. So they're fighting, they says, I'll pay. The other says, I'll pay. And the owner says, I'm sorry. I decided I'm not taking money for his meal. So <laughs> that's my, my mitzvah. And uh, also was a, a few weeks, a go by uh, in Ranana. It was a, a group from soldiers that come in Ranana. A some, lot of South Africans live in Ranana, so very oh, relevant. Okay. So in it's coming a lady, she's asking, What are you doing here? So they say we come into Nichumavelim because our the general passed away in the wall. He was killed. So we come into Nichumavelim. To console the family, to comfort them. Yeah. So the lady goes to the to the owner and says, I'll, I'll pay the, the, the meal from the, the group, from the soldiers. So the, when, they, when they finish the meal, they won't go to pay. The owner says, no, somebody, the lady, pay already for you. She doesn't anything to pay. So they says, the soldier says, ah, you're going back to fight. Now we know why you fight, we're fighting for such a nation, such chesed. <laughs> you know, she, the, the lady doesn't know what she's doing. She's such a, to bring, bring that, uh, the, the back the mood, to left the mood. They're going back to the wall, but with a feeling. We're fighting for Am Yisrael, for Am Shul Chesed. Incredible. 
You mentioned about the singing, the joy. Now, obviously, we've just mentioned we've just entered the month of Adar. A couple of days ago, my kids convinced me to take them to a cricket game at the stadium, and when I heard the music and the, the joy, the vibe, it got me thinking. The month of Adar, it's a time of Mishnichnas Adar, Magen Mesimcha. It's a time to increase in joy. How does that apply to the soldiers when, in the sense of the singing, the joy, the words of encouragement that are given to them? This is. Uh... Sorry, my English is not so perfect, but uh, my broken English, let's say. Your uh, broken English is yeah. better than my broken Hebrew. <laughs> so, the, the body and the soul go together. If somebody has a good feeling, a good mood, is happy, then also the fighting, the fighting with the body, it's got much, much better because he's, he's in, with all energy. With all it, what he thinking, which which way, which way is the best thing to do? But if Chas Shalom he doesn't have the mood, is everything goes slowly. Sometimes not sometimes. Bechlal in Avol we need to be quick. Sometimes it's a second, and that second if you if you're quick, and then you win to to in in the ball. So therefore, let's say the Chodesh Adar is a Chodesh of Simcha, and this year is two. Sixty days of Simcha. And the uh, Adar is a mazel dike chodesh. A chodesh with mazel, but the Gemara says, in the Talmud says, if somebody has a coat which are not Jewish, so he should left it for chodesh Adar, then he has the mazel. So now is a time to give the soldiers so not to be uh, uh, the first time, the first moment was much more excited, but we still, still know we pray for the people and people try to helping and people try to make happy the, the, the soldiers fighting for the Jewish nation, not only for us, also for the next generations. So Be'ezer Hashem should win in the Mulchama. Amen. Rabbi Zilberstrom, you have served your community faithfully for many years in Eretz Yisrael. And you're quite renowned, not only in Israel, but around the world. A lot of people know you've come to visit South Africa many times on behalf of your institutions. And you're very well respected and admired by so many people around the world. Many, rabbi, many rabbis actually want to uh, emulate your ways. You're a role model. You're a dud mechaya a role model, a mashpia to many. And perhaps you could share with us some of the background of how long you've been in the rabbinic world, how long you've been a rabbi for, and maybe some advice for life, some tips and tricks and education for our children, as that's a field of your expertise. So I started, I was a student in that yeshiva in Torah Semes. This was then in Mea Shearim, 120. The end of Mea Shearim. What year is that? This was before the Six Day Wall. This was the end, like the end of Yerushalayim, because 200 meters afterwards was called Ma'avar Mandelbaum. This was the border. And uh, before you go into the yeshiva and your experience, I actually might have to ask you what was life like in those days in Jerusalem? Those days was a small Jerusalem, small Jerusalem. And uh, the world from Jordan. And from the Syria, from the all sides, was the all nations against Israel, and we were very, very worried what what's going to be. 
And then the Rebbe sent it Rabbi Hecht, the famous Rabbi Hecht, Rabbi Yaakov Yehuda Hecht, all of us shalom, they call him J.J. Hecht. He has a son here, Rabbi Hecht, Rabbi Yossi Hecht, yeah, Rabbi Chabad Asantum. Son, yeah, his son is here in South Africa, and he speaks very much better English from my English, and the Rebbe sent him to Fabreng with us. He's coming there, I remember he has a special American hat because Yoshlaim that's such a hat and he was very active, freilich, and he brings a note from the Rebbe. Just we should, should be freilich and we should helping the Torah's Emes Yeshiva and that's we helping the old people, the supported, it be helping and to be good for them now and in the future. Rebbe saying two lines under this few words, Tovatam Baze Ubeba. And afterwards... Which, to just to translate, means that this goodness is not just for the present, helping the students, but for the future to come as well. Yeah. And uh, I remember Rabbi Hecht says, Kinderlach, the Rebbe is not joy, it's not a joke. The Rebbe is very serious with that. Do what you can to lift it up, the Torah Emet, with the students, with all the... By the way, with the, the Sixth Day Ball, the soldiers, the, the, before the Sixth Day Ball, they was in the ground of the yeshiva, because it was so close to the border, 200 meters. So they, they stay in the ground from yeshiva. And uh, they're fighting from there. So we're very, very close. That must have been an incredible experience having soldiers, not just soldiers in Hashem's army, but those who were defending and protecting Am Yisrael then, as we need today, and being present with you. Any Together. special experiences from that time? Yeah, special experience. They put on tefillin every morning, and they go into, they say tehillim. It was like one family. And then afterwards, I... I learned in, in the Bible, in the Chassam Soifir Yeshiva in Jerusalem. Then I go to Kfar Chabad. Then I was by the Rebbe in 770 for a few years. And after I became married, it was in 77, is, uh, I started to work in Tuatamet. 1977? Yeah. And Where was the Yeshiva then? Was it still? The, the Yeshiva go over in Yirmiyohu, Yirmiyohu in, in, uh, next to Barilan, next to Shmuel Anavi, not far from there. And uh, we start to build a, a, new, new, a new building. Uh, perhaps in the next segment, after our commercial break, you could tell us a little bit about the history of Shikun Chabad, of the Yeshiva Torah MS, all the way back to the beginning. We'll do that after the break, but tell us a little bit about your involvement there as you came in 1977. So, the, my father, Olav Shalom, was a very, very special uh, professional in education. And anytime he says we need advice, education, for parents, for teachers. And uh, he, he told me when he has a plan, when he, he became, a, when he go up to pension, uh, to say the- Retirement? The retirement. He wants open a special office for advice education, advice education center. And uh, the rabbi told him to give shiurim all over 
Israel in, so he put us inside the plan, but we continue to, with many years, we have a special place in our institution for advice education center. There's helping for parents, for teachers, because now is a time very sensitive. Sometimes a child or a student has a problem so this says, okay, it's not for me. I couldn't, I couldn't educate, educate them. And if you have a good advice, let's say I give an example. If you have a chair that's shaking, so if, if somebody not understand exactly what is, he says to his, uh, to his son or his students, take the chair, put it in the garbage. But if Skamna guy in the stand say, why you, why you put the chair in the garbage? Says, because it's shaking, I couldn't sit like this. So the guy in the stand, he says, listen, you have a special chair. I know exactly where is the problem. I try to fix this problem and you can sit sitting another hundred years of such a chair because now we don't make it so, as, such as chairs. Very strong in, for long, for long years. The same thing if somebody has a child, there's a problem. If you go to get advice, the guy, the given advice, it can told him, listen, you have a child, he's a diamond. When you try to fix it, few things, and much, much, uh, sometimes much more of the problem is in this child or the student, is a problem in me, in the in the, the guy, the parents. Sometimes you should fix it by him. How to say, when to say, what, what you shouldn't to say. And then we'll see you have a diamond. You have a diamond that can shine in around the world. More from, from other kids. And then you see it's a beautiful, beautiful student, beautiful, beautiful child. But you should have the patience to take serious what is the problem and the problem is not so big like you think and you when you fix it this and the fix it not only by him also by you you work on yourself and then it's make a big change so the connection from the parents to this child or from the teacher to the child can make a big change and sometimes you don't see it right away but in a few months, or in a year, or two years, as not the same kid, not the same student. We'd love to get more insights and perspectives, tips on education, as well as the history of the Chabad Yeshiva Torah and the other organization you operate, Hechel Menachem. We'll be right back after these messages. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 Chai FM. I'm your host, Rabbi Ari Kiban. It's great to be with you here today, this wonderful day. And today for a change, I'm not alone in the studio. I'm joined by Rabbi Benjamin Zilberstrom and his wife, Rebetzin Simcha from Jerusalem, Israel. And Rabbi Zilberstrom, in the last session, you were talking a little bit, some tips on education. And even though I said I would love to ask you questions about the history of the yeshiva, I think for all of us, tips on education are that much more important. And I'm remembering, perhaps you even recall such an individual, Rabbi Alexander Benun, was a rabbi in Israel. 
I believe he was in charge of the Reshet, director of many of the Chabad institutions. And a story is told, I heard that once he met with the Rebbe for Yechidut, for a private audience, and he was sharing with the Rebbe 10 points, 10 nekudot, ideas of education that he formulated. And when he finished, the Rebbe smiled and said, it's wonderful, these 10 ideas, but you're missing number 11. And he was bewildered, what's point number 11? To which the Rebbe said, the 11th principle is that there are no universal or absolute principles in education. And we have to, we realize that each child is unique. Every person, each one of us is special in our own way. We each have our own styles, but obviously when we have general tips that work for individuals, but each person has their own unique way. So maybe you could talk a little bit more before we get back to the history. Um, I think tips are something that we all want those of us educating children, and even if we don't have our own children any longer in the education system, I think there's the child within each of us, and we could all use some ideas, some instructions and guidance. So Rabbi Zilberstrom, please, we'd love to hear your ideas. So again, there was the story about a little child that was in the time of the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, so his son, Rebdoiv Ber, then he became Rebbe after him. He has a, a little child, a little baby. On, on the, he was a baby in the in the bed. In the cot. In the cot, and he fell down on the floor. He's crying, and he was very very in the student. He was studying the, in the learning. He was very deep. In the he couldn't. He, he doesn't hear. But the, the Zayde, the grandfather, he was in the second floor. He hear the, the little baby is crying. He walks down the steps. He took the baby, put him back to his grand to make him relax till he stopped to cry. And he go up the steps. He doesn't want to stab his son in the, in the land. But afterwards, when he saw him, he says, also if you very, very busy with the learn, if you hear somebody is crying, you should stop for a moment in taking care to hold him, to give him the attention, to make him feel comfortable and to bring him back to his place. But it's the lesson, the Rebbe says that the stories are a lesson for us. Sometimes, we hear somebody is crying. And sometimes we don't hear. He, he himself doesn't hear his crying, but his soul is crying. He's asked, please help me. I'm so in a bad situation. I need help. And you should have the feeling to take from your busy time to talk with him, put your hand on his shoulders. shoulders. shoulders smile to him. It's because a, a, a story, it's a poor man come to a, to a guy, he says, please give me a donation. He's smiling, he says, good morning, I'm sorry, I don't have with me any money. So the, the poor man says, you gave me already. He says, I'm sorry, I'm not giving you. No, you smile. You say, good morning, you gave me much, more than the money. That is a lesson for, the, for our education.
depends how we welcoming the child or the student and he comes home and he comes home I want to tell you, show you with my own story. I was one of the years, I have a student, was an orphan, and he's, he was make trouble in the, in the class, you know, he doesn't, doesn't have a father. One of the Fridays, I stayed by the bus stop with many other students. When the bus comes to the stop, opened the door, it was like uh, 15 or 20 students. So this often, this student, he turned to me and said, hi, hi, my, my dear teacher, Shabbat Shalom, such a happy face, a smiling to me. And he's going on the bus. And I couldn't understand the same, the same student, he make me troubles in the middle of the, the class. Why he is only the one, <laughs> only the one that says so nice Shabbat Shalom with a smile. And I say, and I, when he says Shabbat Shalom to me, I answer with a, with a happy, with a lightly face, Shabbat Shalom. So I go to someone who is also give advice in education, I ask him, the name is Malkin in, in Beitar. He hear the story, he says, very interesting answer. He says, that student, he doesn't have a father. He needs a, he needs a father. He doesn't want somebody is his policeman. Because he says, I don't have a father, don't tell me what to do. Okay. But he needs a father to say Shabbat Shalom. And you, the teacher, is he smiling to you? He says, Shabbat Shalom, please give me a Shabbat Shalom. And when you answer him nice, that's give him the koyak for the whole week. It's a very, very interesting, you look like an operation. He doesn't want to be on his head, but he wants to be a father with love to say Shabbat Shalom. Another thing, a tip, sometimes if a, a student or a child make a trouble, He's behaving not in the right way. Sometimes we told him, why you make so much troubles? I told you a hundred times, I told you a million times, you don't listen, you don't listen to me. That's wrong. Why? Because if I told him a hundred times, he doesn't listen, he's thinking, oh, I don't have a chance anymore. So a hundred times I'm against him. You give, should give him the chance to be better. So what's, what, what we do? Don't talk about 100 times, and not million times, and not five times. Talk about now. This is one thing. It's, we should work about ourselves, because sometimes it's happened more than one time. Talk not only about now. And very important, when you talk, don't talk about him, talk about the behavior. Because if you say, like, you are stupid, you are a liar, and something like this, you talk about him, that's wrong. Because he is good, the behavior is not good. And therefore, I, I mix something that I have for my father. My father was a director of 3,000 students. 
He told me once in the same yeshiva in in, in his school when oh. he was in Irganim in Jerusalem. It was in French, and then no, not to. So he says, before I punish a student, I try to make him a, a, a favor, a favor for him. Why? He should feel I am a good friend of him. And if I give him punish, I not punish him, I punish about his behavior. And then that's a good operation to know he is good. And that's the feeling when you say that with a happy face, you say, for you, so such a good child is not uh, the way in the such a behavior, you have the alternative to go in a better way. And also, it's very, a very profound thought, just what you shared there, if I were to sum it up. Just because I failed doesn't make me a failure. We might not do so well on an exam, but it doesn't make me a failure. I could try harder. If I work harder, I will succeed. And just because one has a bad behavior doesn't make them bad. At the core, at the very essence, everyone's good, and we just have to bring them back to who they are, which is the concept of teshuva. Teshuva is to return to our core essence, to our good self. Beautiful ideas. Suppose I old Melamed in Jerusalem, he has uh, a little stick. If some child is very, very chutzpedic, he give him a, a, a little of, of his, uh, you know, with a stick. So a patch. or something in the hand. So he says, I, I put this in the carpet and I close it with a... It's a key. With a key. So they ask him, why are you closing with a key? So he says, if somebody is chutzpedic and I want to take the stick, I should have time. If this open next to me, sometimes it's too quick for me. And sometimes when I have the patience, till I go to the carpet, till I open the key, then I decided, no, it's not so important to give him the stick. That's a very old Melamed, old teacher in Jerusalem. Wow, that's a great uh, disciplinary tip to find a method, a way that we don't act just instantaneously by our instinct, but that we could actually think it through a little bit. Incredible. We're going to be right back in a moment. I just want to say if anyone would like to support the great work of Rabbi Zilberstrom and the yeshiva where he is involved, the yeshiva Taras Emes, which I'm going to ask the rabbi to share with us a little bit about the yeshiva in our next segment just after our commercial break. And also, his Rebbitson joined us here in studio now, so we'd like to hear a little bit about her activities in Tzvat in northern Israel. And it's a pity that time flies by too quick. But I just want to say, if anyone would like to support the Yeshiva Torah Emet, you can make a donation to the NetBank account. That's branch code 198765, account number 1906-271887. Again, the Yeshiva Torah Emet, there is a local bank account, NetBank, branch code 198765, account number is 1906 271-887. We'll be right back with Rabbi and Rebetzin Zilberstrom in just a moment. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. So right here on 101.9 Chai FM, I'm your host, Rabbi Ari Kievman. And today in studio with me, we're privileged to have Rabbi and Rebetzin Zilberstrom all the way from Jerusalem, Israel. 
And although my original intention to ask Rabbi Zilberstrom to share some of the history and what's going on in Israel, I'm enjoying a lot more his educational tips and his Rabbanit, his Rebetzin here with us as well. She was involved in the organization Ascent of Tzfat, which has brought many, many Jews back to Judaism. Rabbi Zilberstrom involved at the Yeshiva Torah Emet, where they have, what is it, 900 students in your institutions. And he's also the founder of Heichel Menachem, which is a tremendous library in Israel. And I believe there are multiple locations there. I know as a, as a teenager in New York, I used to frequent their branches in New York and borrow books and attend lectures. So Rabbi and Rabbi Zilberstrom are veterans in the areas of education. So I think we are very privileged today to hear some tips and tricks on education, whether it's for our children, our students, or even ourselves. Rabbi Zilberstrom, we're really enjoying your thoughts and we hope to hear some ideas from your Rebetzin as well. So again, my English is not so perfect, but my English help understand. Some speaker give a speech and he says, which present you can give for your kids? Put the most present. So the old days was a, a bamba, and then became some uh, cake, then a camera, then a motorbike, it's changed. Today, today they want an iPhone? What do they want today? iPhones, mad, I don't know. So days, everyone has everything. So what you can give it? So the guy says, I won't make a revolution. Go back to the Bamba. Wow, Bamba, 50 cents, 25 cents. Everyone said, wow, nobody interesting. So he says, you can still stay with the Bamba. Depends what is behind the Bamba. How are you giving the Bamba? If you give it with a nice word, with a good word, with a happy face, that's in it. So he feel when you gave him the bamba, what you connected with him. And then I remember one of the days, one of my kids go to the cheder, to the school. I give him two small chocolates. And I put one my hand and I said, this is the Torah, Avodah, Gimelut Chasadim. It's the three foundation. The three pillars upon which the world stands as Perki Avot, Ethics of Our Fathers tells us, Torah, obviously, the Torah, the blueprint for creation that Hashem gave us, the Torah. Avodah is our service of Hashem, including our prayers. And Gimelut Chasadim are generous acts of kindness. So, it takes sometimes I, I give him the hand and say, should be behatzloche, and then he feels something in the hand, was a small uh, uh, candy or chocolate or some good cake, and then he take it, and when he meets Hashem in the next hour, or the next few hours, say a broch and eat that chocolate or that, or that uh, biscuit, he in this, think about what you talk with him what you want to talk with him. That's the best, best way to give over a message for a child in a happy way. Then was another point. Somebody wrote to the Rebbe. He says, Rebbe, my, my situation is very bad. 
many, many problems, Parnassah, and with the kids, with my, with, with the community, with my home. And then he says, I have a wife, I have nine children, but I couldn't, I don't know what to do. The Rebbe answered him very clearly. So you, I get, I receive your letter with so many critical. And by the way, you say, I have a wife, I have nine children. I want to ask you, did you know this many people waiting for Ashidach so long? Did you know people was, became married waiting for children so long? For one child? Did you know that people want to give million after having kids? And you say, by the way, I have a wife, nine children, so... You, you, you don't point at the, the positive. You go straight to the negative. You should appreciate it, the positive, what Hashem gave you. This is a, a, a main lesson for us. Sometimes we look to the child, we look to the all negative. Did you appreciate the positive on your child? And I want to finish with a little story. Somebody has a child, in the old day around the stamps. He's uh, collecting the stamps from the older days, from the old uh, nations around the world. A young philatelist. Young philatelist, stamps. He brings it to the rabbi, he says, Rabbi, I want this, he should change his, uh, better to go to learn. What was that, the stamps? Rabbi smiling, he says, when I was a child, also, I also liked to do these things. The father get a shock. He thinks the Rebbe said, you know, you must change your uh, start from the and you leave. No, the Rebbe appreciated. Continue. You have st- like the stems, stems. Give the strength in the good side and the positive. From there, you can bring him to the other level from learn, from spiritual, and that's help him. When you, you see, you recognize his good side, his strong side. This gives him the courage to continue to be a good, good student, a good, good child. So we have a question on that. You know, according to modern psychology, they say that there's a natural negativity bias. For ourselves and for others, we tend to focus, if a hundred good things happen in the day, and one negative thing, we focus on the not good thing, just the way it is. A professor once showed his classroom a big white board with a red dot and asked everyone, what did they see? And everyone focused on the red dot instead of the 99.9% of the big white board. So the question of course is, while it's a great idea that we should focus on our children's or our spouse or anyone, whatever we see, always focus on the good. How does one train themselves to do so? Very important, and maybe the Rabbanit has a, a thought on that. Absolutely. I mean, um, there is something that um, you can gain so much from. Um, I started to do that like about a year ago. And, uh, you know, just take a, take a book and just write, thank you, Hashem, for what I have. Thank you, Hashem, for my children. Thank you, Hashem, for the roof on my head. Thank you, Hashem, for the beautiful meal. Thank you, Hashem, for this, for this bird on the tree that sang this morning when I woke up. Thank you, Hashem. When you start to write, 
thank you, Hashem. You see so many reasons to say thank you to Hashem. And then you can add, thank you, Hashem, for bringing me my shidduch. And thank you, Hashem, for let, uh, helping me find uh, the right shaitel today or anything. And Hashem opens all the door. When you start to be in this gratitude mode, then you see every, the world changes. You have a, you start to see the world in a different thing, and that's that's a way to train yourself. So I, t I, I tell that to people, and people say I don't write it, but I say it. that's good too. Whatever writing, I think when you start writing, I'm, I'm a writer, so I, I like to to write things, and it brings a lot of things. But saying it or whatever, but the, to be to start to to see all the good things that Hashem gives you every day. And, um, you know, like we come from Israel now and we've been traveling and people ask us, so what about Israel, you know, what's going on? And, yeah, okay, so we have a war. I'll say, okay, we, we have, um, you know, terrible things happen every day. You open your phone and you see things and whatever. But there is a beautiful thing that's going on in Israel now. It's just like, the, I've, you know, I've been living there for the last 27 years. As you can hear from my accent, I'm from France. <laughs> and... Um, and um, I've never seen such so much uh, solidarity, so much achdut, so much unity among the people. Um, you know, it's like it starts with like my granddaughters preparing meals for the soldier. It's the, it's also you know you go to the post office and and you look in your purse, you don't have the right change, and somebody comes and helps you. There is like a whole. You, we really feel like one people. Also, when we come here in South Africa, we meet people in Johannesburg. It's like, you know. Like this is the silver lining that's behind all that, and um, yeah, that's that's that should help us move forward. You, we have to, to shift and have an attitude of gratitude. And you're suggesting that journaling helps. Although I'm not one who journals much myself, I could say that you know when I give a, a talk in the shul, I don't like having notes in front of me. It's not very helpful, mm -hmm. and I get stuck on the paper. But if I write down the ideas that I want to talk about. It creates an impression in my mind. If I attend an event and I'll take notes, even if I don't look at the, those notes afterwards, but by just writing them, it already impresses it on my mind more so. So certainly journaling is, is ideal. And even if one can't journal, at least to have in one's mind or to express, to articulate that gratitude that we should all have. Also, to, to uh, get back to um, this skill that it, uh, when you know, like when I you were mentioning Ascent in Sfat, which is an amazing Chabad house that brought a lot of people back to Yiddishkeit, and I'm one of them, so I can just be grateful by just saying how much I got from it. So, but uh, I worked at the front desk uh, of Ascent for 20 years, and you know, you, you, you see all these people coming from all walks of life, like very often having no idea about anything about Yiddish like I was when I w walked in. So you can tell them, oh, listen, uh, go and wash your hands. Oh, listen, you have to say a bracha before you say that. Or oh, listen, you should dress different. But if you do that, you're going to turn them off. And many people who started with uh, other, uh, you know, walks of life than, than Chabad had this uh, impression. They walk into school, into shul, and, and people start looking at them from from bottom to top and starting to tell them what to do. No, at at the end, that was not uh, in most Chabad houses. It's not the, the way, you know. Um, I was interviewed not long ago about saying what happened when you, you know, when you worked first in the Chabad house in Beersheba. Did anybody tell you the way you should? 
dress. No, no one told me. Of course not. But once my cousin saw me going to shul with my whatever I was dressed up in those days, Hashem forgive me, um, and she says, well, that's the way you go to shul. Uh, I didn't know there was any other way. So the next Sunday I went and bought my skirt and that was my Shabbos skirt. And But nobody, you know, like no no rabbis, no rabbitsin came to tell me what to do. And that's, when you, that's what my husband was saying. You just look at the person, you see all the good that's in there. And then everything's going to open up, you know, you start to, to, to bring some ideas about Hasidus and, and, and whatever, and, and, and then the person is going to be hooked by the, the positivity. This is fascinating because wondering from an educational perspective where one finds the balance between the two, because on the one hand, you know, we want to have, uh, I say tov, we want to focus on lots of the good, but there also has to be the sur meirah that King David says. And we have to know, uh, when you teach somebody, you have chesed and gevura, and you want to have a balance, because it can't be only, I mean, halavai, we lived in a world that was only kindness, but at the same time, we need that discipline in our lives. So, you know, basar v'chalav, you have the, the weight from meat, from, milk, from meat to milk, because you don't want, it's a concept of chesedus, you don't want the gevura that's symbolized by basar, by meat, to be overpowering the chesed. But in our last remaining minute, Maybe you could tell us, since you just shared an anecdote of how you yourself learned and grew spiritually. So on the one hand, there's the chesed aspect of being overflowing with kindness, but at the same time, a little bit of discipline to learn and to know and to do the right thing. Um, you know, when I was learning Tanya, when I started to learn Tanya 27 years ago, there was this idea all the time, this is love of Hashem and irat Hashem, you know, fear of Hashem. And I could never understand this idea of fear of Hashem. How can you? Hashem is so good. And I and and, and, and my, my tshuva was from, from, from love, so I, I could never understand. And, uh, okay, I'm going to share something very personal. Me and my husband, we are married just one year. We are both lost our spouses three years ago. And one year ago, uh, some common friends of, of ours made the shidduch. And um, I remember um, giving a tour in the old city of Tzfat, um, like um, a year ago, something like that. And I met some people from Monsi, a couple, and, uh, you know, like well, I'm showing them places and they ask me who I, what I'm doing, who I am, I'm married, stuff. And I said, I'm a widow. And they said, oh, you need to get married. I said, yes, okay, <laughs> but you absolutely need to. And they said, you know, we were both where we do and we just got married. It's wonderful. And then, and then the woman tells me, you know, but you need to daven for that. And, and I said, okay, and then her husband says, you know, um, but you need to daven bemet, you need to daven. That day was, was Yudtet uh, Kislev, and I said, okay, I'm going to go to shul, I'm going to daven. I'm not going to go home, but so I went to the Tzemar Tzedek, I had them open the Nizrat Nashim, I took a siddur, I daven. And uh, and I when I opened the shidur the siddur, and you know, there was Mincha on one side, and on the other side was Sheva Brachot. I said, Wow, Sheva Brachot. And my, my, my eyes were was sostasis. I said, wow, I'm getting married. That's sure, surely I'm getting married. So so that happened. And then a few um, weeks later, it was huge fat. And all of a sudden I said, oh, I need to daven. Today I need to daven bemet. I took my siddur and again mincha. And I start to daven. And I start to, I was all of a sudden f- filled with a fear of Hashem. I was trembling. I was... 
I had never felt anything like that. The same night, my friend uh, Coty calls me and she says, you remember this man I was telling you about, Rabbi Zilberstrom? And that's how things happen. Wow, <laughs> incredible, it's fascinating. Unfortunately, our time today has come to its end, but Rabbi and Rebetzin Zilberstrom will be in Johannesburg for another week. And if anyone would like to meet with them, whether to get some educational tips, to hear about their wonderful organizations, or to support their incredible work in Israel, please, you can reach out to me directly and I will put you in touch with the Rabbi and Rabbanit who have fascinating insights and stories to share. And no doubt you will be inspired. With that, I leave you with our weekly thought. Aspire to inspire before you expire. Carpe diem. Have a wonderful Shabbos. And we look forward to see you right here back on Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 High FM next week. Please, God, same time, same place. Have a great Shabbos.